How's it going? This is Billy. And I'm Jen. Welcome to Coffee Talk with Billy and Jen. Cheers. Cheers, babe. Thank you for joining us today. Hope you're doing well. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any holidays coming up, but I don't believe there are. We're just kind of in the winter moments of, of the seasons. The whole truth and nothing but the truth. You want to know? Yeah. We had a fight this morning. Oh. And um, okay. we almost didn't record this podcast because we were so a little it's worked true. up, upset. And you did not tell me you were going to say that, but it's true. We're being the whole truth and nothing but the truth. <laughs> Should we talk about that argument? We're going to have a counseling session on air right now. But you know what we're getting better I at? I accept your apology. You know, after 20-something <laughs> years, you know, I think both of us can make things bigger than they are. That's true. And um, maybe you a little bit more, um, but... Oh, okay, yeah. No, it's true. <laughs> but I think, you know, just kind of like, okay, it's okay to have a, a disagreement, but then just move on. Sometimes you just have to move on and not keep making it a bigger disagreement and a bigger argument. Before we you just, know it, it's like you're so angry, you don't remember why you were even fighting in the first place, and then it goes like three hours, five hours, two days, a week. We make it huge. And it's true. Vic the Sound chick is sitting right here, and I literally called her and was like, hey, I don't think we're going to record today. Because I'm just, I'm not feeling it. And the reason is because we, we were in a fight. And it was stupid. I know what we're fighting about. and But it just, why do we let things get so big? In the moment. <laughs> and, it, and you know what? It's stress. I thought this morning, I'm like, okay, I think most of this is just stress from the week. Again, and I accept You know what was apology. so funny is we had the best week. We <laughs> literally had the best week. We did two dates this week, which we weren't planning on that second date that last night. Yeah. And, and so, I even said, it. I said, this has been the best week. And you're like, why? Because we're on two dates? I'm like, no, because we haven't had any disagreements. And then this morning happened. True. But you know what? I just choose not to make things a big I deal. I love you. And, and we, have, we have come through. Remember that. Maybe after Love. 22 years of marriage, we've learned to just get over it a little quicker. And yeah, we really have. God We're help still us working to keep progress. doing that. Yeah. Like, what's the point of drawing it out for a whole day, two days, three days? You're going to make just, up eventually. It's just, just mind make up just now. Have if you're going to make up sex. eventually, make up now. And just get, get through it. Did you say we're going to have sex? Make, make up sex. Make up sex helps yes. everything better. It Score. makes everything better. It just it makes the day better. You feel better. He feels better. It's just... Amen to that, sister. Um, sister. Which is, you know, kind of, I didn't know you were going to open up with that, but that really, and maybe you did this on purpose, leads us into kind of what we wanted to talk about today, which if we were titling this podcast, we would call it Legends of the Fall. Legends. Ooh. Legends of the Fall. That's which, a really good movie, by the way. It was a great movie. There are a few uh, scenes. Brad Might Pitt, have to pass forward. But yeah, yeah. Brad was Pitt was in Brad Pitt in, his pit in his prime? Yes, he was. Did I have a crush on him in that movie? Absolutely. Did you really? I'm not mad at you. I had a crush <laughs> that on long Brad hair? Pitt. long hair? I mean, come on. What girl can't resist that? He's a gorgeous that? man. I can't. It's incredible. <laughs> um, Legends of the Fall. And, and the whole premise is like, why do we take mistakes, our falls, our failures, and why do we allow them to get so big? in our life, uh, especially if you've grown up in the church world, um, this is kind of, we're notorious for this as Christians. We we allow our failures to define us. We make sin. We give it a lot more leverage in our emotions and our soul than it, than it should have. And we just, we make things a big deal. And it's kind of what we want to talk about today, a journey we've been on, I would say, easily for the last decade, 10 years. Mm-hmm. We've been in Seattle for going on 12, 13 years. And before that, we were pastors in Atlanta. And I think even the first year we moved here, just literally started a journey, if I can be honest, on just understanding the love of God in a new way. We've always known the love of God. We've been in church most of our lives. You were born and raised in the church. You are a, you are um, 
It is. You're a Christian girl, which I love. You got a little sass to you. A little sass. Um, I'm a Christian guy who's had some <laughs> off the cliff moments in life, but um, some serious falls. God has stuck with me. I'm grateful for him. All of us. But want to talk about legends of the fall. And I, I, let me ask with this question: Have you ever? We've all made mistakes, so it's not. It's not. Everyone makes mistakes. We can all come together on that. Whether you've been in church for a lot or whether you haven't been, the question is: Have you ever? Have you ever made? the same mistake more than once or made multiple mistakes mistakes in a row. Like you just get on it. I'll never forget growing up, you know, grew up in Chicago and in Baltimore, but this was in Chicago and six brothers and sisters. We had a big family. My dad would very much be like the Godfather. He um, was, God rest truly. his soul. He's fit. I thought he died when he was 53. My sister texted me this morning. My other sister, we'll call her he Lala. Was 54, almost um, 55. We'll call her Lala because that's her name. And she, She's like, hey, just so you know, dad was 55 when he died. You keep saying he was 53. <laughs> you know, like, she's very offended on dad's behalf. But my dad was <laughs> almost 55. It's true. And I, I don't know how I got my math off. But, um, but you know, he was such a good dad. But he was also the kind of dad who, with so many kids, four brothers, two sisters, you know, he would make statements to us like, if you disrespect your mother, it's not your mother you're disrespecting, it's my wife. You know, like, he made it very clear, like, him and my mom they were a team and we were also on the team, but if we forced him to choose, like, good luck. Right? <laughs> and, That's what I loved about you. And your he's dad. the kind of man, he was he, Black Beret in Vietnam. Big. He, he loved was a, big, he, he laughed, lived, he ate big. He could kill people with one move. He, <laughs> he was a very intimidating man. Big. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'll never forget one day, I don't know what happened, but my mom said something and I, you know, I, I don't know if I was 13 or 12 or, you know, younger, but. I just got so mad and I told her, I was like, shut up, mom, you know, or something like that, no, which didn't. I don't know what kind of household you were raised in, if you're listening to this, but you're maybe for you, that's no man. big deal. You tell, in my household, when I was growing up, you tell my mom to shut up. Those are literally your last words. right? And I knew it, but I couldn't help myself. Shut up, mom. And she just looks at me. She goes, go upstairs and wait for your father to come home. Which is nothing short of childhood. She's my kind of girl. I'm like, please, mom, just beat mm-hmm. me right now. Uh, hit me on the head with a baseball bat. Don't make me wait for the psychopath to come home and you're going to tell him that I told you to shut up. Like, my dad was going to kill me. It was a death. But instead of being remorseful, I remember being so angry. So I go upstairs to my room. Did you have an anger problem as a child? I think I may have an anger problem as an adult. I go upstairs to my room and I shut the door. And I just, I literally sold my soul to the devil. I start doing like... My middle fingers no, you didn't. violently, and I start saying the F word like F you, F you, and I'm saying this to my mom because I'm so mad at her. I'm like in your room, F you, F you, F you. Yeah, I'm just like the door's closed. I don't think anyone's listening. Little did I know, my mom stayed and was listening. And right in the middle of this cursing tirade, she opens the door, <laughs> and I mean, you talk about a kid. Like my heart stopped, and she's like, "Interesting. I'll let your father know that too." Boom, slams the door, and I mean. I literally, I think I fell to my knees. I think I like collapsed. I was like, oh, oh God. Like, it's the moment, like, you don't understand. I. It's the worst waiting for your father. I am to get a dead home, man walking. Now, I know what I should have done. I should have apologized when I told her to shut up. I should have apologized when I threw middle fingers to heaven and cursed my mom out behind closed doors. I should have said, I'm sorry. I should have gone, like, Mom, please forgive me. I was wrong. But I didn't. I just kept making mistakes and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And I'll never forget, like, thinking, like, my dad's on his way home. It must have been like four in the afternoon. My dad totally got home at like six. It just took forever. It like, seemed like a death sentence of like they say, 12 
hours. When you're close to death, time slows down. <laughs> I know this to be true. <laughs> um, hours turn to minutes. Minutes turn to hours. I heard children laughing in the distance, but they were far way off. You know, like I literally was like, I'm a dead man. I think the temperature dropped in my room. Like it was cold. It was it was demoralizing. My dad was going to kill me. And I remember just waiting for the death toll. In my in my insanity, I knew I don't know what you believe about spanking whatever. I'm not even talking about that on this podcast, but back then, oh, 100 be. years ago, um my father would discipline us. He wouldn't beat us, but he would spank us on the behind. So deal with it. He's dead. You could take it up with him in heaven, all right? So anyways, he um I, I had put bunches of underwear on thinking like it will soften the blow. Um, <laughs> the padding will help. Forget, so I was waiting for him to come home. And I'll never forget, we had this long gravel driveway coming to my house. How, okay, wait, how many pairs of underwear did you put on? Every pair I owned. My <laughs> We're booty, talking four, My booty ten. was two feet off of... Stop. I mean, yeah. Billy got back. <laughs> <laughs> and oh I'll never forget. I, if I, I had heard, a picture today, so I would blow that thing up and put it in my living room. <laughs> Girl, you can see it anytime you'd like. Okay. Um, I'll never forget. I heard the car coming down the gravel driveway, and it was like, you, like your senses get height, your senses heighten when you're about to die. You know, like you can hear things, you sense things. I could hear the the tires and the gravel, like, and I could hear the humming of the engine, like, that was the car door. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm telling you, like I'm dead. And he walked up to the front door. He threw the keys into the jar, you know? And then I couldn't hear the words, but they started to have a conversation. My dad was like, My mom was like, And I'm thinking, like, What is she saying? I'm like, oh God, he's going to kill me. And then my dad, like I hear the stomping up the stairs. And literally, I remember like it was yesterday and he comes to the edge of my door and I could tell he was waiting because he was so angry and I could hear him breathing like, and he opens the door and he goes, Billy, is what your mother said to me true? Now here, in this moment, I remember it as clear as day. I should have been like, it is father. And I am sorry. Please forgive me. I repent. But for whatever reason, I just look at him dead in the eyes and go, no. (laughs) To which he responds, so what you're telling me, son, is your mother, my wife, is a liar. Oh, God. And I still remember this day. I literally go. You're a dead child. I think this time she is. <laughs> you didn't. Every time I hear this, I can't so even believe. He's like, all right, I want you to bend over. And remember, I got like every pair of underwear. So I, I, I go to bend over and he looks at me and he asks me this question to this day. He's like, someone asked you this question one time. Are you wearing an inordinate amount of underwear? Now, the answer is clearly yes. yes. Like, at what point, Billy, I'm going to talk to myself now in the third person, what point, Billy, are you going to stop doing the wrong thing? Like, my God, man, like, just own it. You failed. And I look at him and I say, no. <laughs> 
And I don't remember what happened after that. It is literally a blur. Um, you know, you were beaten. Yeah, as it, a child. Let's yeah, just say that it got really bad, and I think I deserved it. Now, here's the question I asked though: Like, what if my father had allowed that failure to define my future? Better question: What if our mistakes, all of us listening to this point, what if our mistakes determined our future? Mm. Truth of it is, man, we're doomed. Everyone makes mistakes. We all make mistakes. We're all going to fail. Um, the thought, I think, the premise that you and I have come to really believe, and it's not just a thought from the Bible, but it's a thought that we have lived our lives by. We raise our kids by this. Our kids are, are pretty much raised. Our daughter's 14, but our boys are 18 and 19. And um, Your sin will never be bigger than God's forgiveness. I don't care how bad you have messed up. If you're listening to this podcast, I don't care how many mistakes you've made, how many times you've done the wrong thing. It is never going to be greater than the forgiveness. Honestly, of though, that was the hardest thing for me to wrap my mind around because I was raised. I mean, when I failed, it was like the end of the world. Right. And my parents didn't probably realize they were doing it when they were raising us, but it kind of was the end of the world in my home. Like you lie, cheat, have sex before marriage or anything sexual. You literally are going to pay for it for the rest of your life. At least we felt that way. And it took me quite a lot of years to discover that that thought you just said or to figure that out or to even believe it. And it was almost like I had to unlearn the way I felt and thought. Yeah. And, and it was so difficult. And we all kind of grew up, if you grew up in the church, Jen and I, I'm 42, Jen's 23 perpetually. But when you when we grew up in the church, it's like behavior was such a big deal. And when we first moved here, church home was kind of on a, um, was definitely on a journey. And we were, and there was this thought that comes out of the Bible. It's called the divine order, and it, it, and here's the order that you find in Scripture: first you belong, then you believe, and then you behave or become um, who God wants you to be. That's it's belong, believe, behave, mm-hmm. and. Growing up in church for us, that was not the case. Or I, just growing up in general. I'd feel like people in it general It was definitely feel that. behave. Exactly. Then believe. And then and you belong. Then like, when you came you to church, it's like, hey, up, or you, hey you, want, you, want to, you want to know Jesus? You want to come to church? Like, you got to get your act together, man. Pull up your pants. We don't wear our hats backwards. We don't say those kind of words. Like, you got to change your you lifestyle. If, are you serious about serving God? Then, okay, so behave. Mm-hmm. And then once you do that, then it's like, would you like to put your faith in Jesus? Now that you've got yourself together, would you like to yeah, put your faith right. in Jesus? And then once you put your faith in Jesus, now you can belong to our club called church. And I think we meant well. I don't know how we did, but it's so backwards. It's You'll so never backwards. find it in scripture. It's, not it's okay. always you belong right now, no matter what. If you're listening to this podcast, you're like, man, I don't belong in church. Yes, you do. Totally. I, I could never serve God. Yes, you can because you belong. And the fact that you belong will lead to the, to the fact that you know that God loves you no matter what makes you want to Put your faith in a, such a good God. And that, over time, changes the way we live. But don't get it mixed up. Here's where religion comes in. And we get religious when we mix up that order. It is always belong, believe, become, behave. If you, if you put behavior modification in front of belonging to God or faith in God, You've messed up the whole order. And you just said something over time. Over time, you'll you'll things will start changing. And I think for me, that was the thing I didn't realize is that I, I can't make changes overnight. I don't even know how. And if I don't make them now, I, I don't belong. I, I'm not included into this club. It was like, no, I, literally over time, it's a journey in discovering that. Um, and I think about like our own kids. And 
you know, the way they, if we had, if we had applied this thought, like you have to behave before you belong, like when they were born, think about it, how bad parents we've been, but many of us approach Christianity this way. Um, but for instance, my daughter, Serenity, when she was born, she would go to the bathroom in her pants. It's called, you know, what infants do in their diapers. Well, in our household, we kind of have an ongoing rule, like no pooing your pants. <laughs> I don't think it's too much to ask. Judah and Caleb, when they were little infants, they would scream all night long. And all night long. Sleep. And they'd want to eat at 2 a.m., 4 a.m., midnight. They just want, and we kind of have a rule in our house as well. Like, hey, you sleep through the night and you can't eat whenever you want. Like, bad behavior. behavior. Now, imagine if they come home from the hospital and Serenity uses, you know, uses the facilities in her drawers as an infant. And I'm like, I swear to God, little girl, pull your pants one more time and it's a one way bus ticket to Canada. You know, like, <laughs> like as if. That exactly. you would be like you're a bad dad, man. It's just because I'm basing her acceptance into our family based on her behavior. No, here's how it really happens, and I'm this is ridiculous to even say, but she belonged no matter what. Why? Because she was ours. Right. It wasn't because of what she did or what my children did. They belonged to our family because of who we were. I'm her father. You're her mother. That doesn't change. Over time, Serenity, Judah, Caleb, they learned you can't do those things. That's bad behavior. But they had to learn, and they had to first come to recognize that they belonged um, to us, not based on what they do. It's the same thing in the family of God. And just like that infant, over time, she stopped eventually pooing her pants. I mean, <laughs> it's as simple as that. But um, that is the truth. Remember like, when we, It took her maybe till three years old to figure it out, but sounds, it's, it wasn't yeah, two or three days. It, it was three so, and a half freaking years. It sounds so elementary, what we're saying, but it's funny how people live their lives this way. For instance, um, we literally, like, we... We hold Christians, people who profess to follow Jesus, like, you have to be right. You have to be good all the time. Remember when we were in the hotel room, and I took my, we were getting changed, and Serenity was with us, and I took my shirt off. I was changing my shirt, and Serenity, I think she was four at the time, she goes, Daddy, you have such big muscles. And I remember being like, oh, my God, that is a brilliant little girl. You were (laughs) in cloud nine. Oh, man. And am I embarrassed that my four-year-old literally flattered me and I was buying into it? Yes. And I so I kind of started to flex. I'm like, well, you know, daddy did play football you know and you're laughing like oh my god and she's like and she was she was mesmerized you i'm not across the room like dad she starts walking towards me with her hands out (laughs) just these huge you know saucer eyeballs and she's like they're so big and i'm like you know and i'm just like i'm eating it up and i'm like "Eh." and she puts her hands right on my belly and goes it's huge (laughs) and And did i fall over and Laughter dying. Yeah, did it was you have the greatest behavior? moment of my yes. life. And I, greatest moment. Now, okay, play that. If I'd have been like, if I'd have like smacked her, but like bad behavior, you know, you're dead to me forever, you know, because that was bad. Um, no, I laughed because it's funny and my belly is huge and was huge, it's getting smaller day by day. Um, but it's like, yeah, no, she belongs to me because she's my daughter. We all make mistakes. What is it about human nature that takes sin? takes failure and we just we make it so big in our minds i'm just kind of done with the legends of the fall like making the legends of where i failed everyone fails you're listening to this you're thinking of things you've done i get it and i'm not condoning bad behavior i'm not condoning sin i'm not condoning failure but can you just remind yourself the plan of god the grace of god the forgiveness of god please would you remind yourself it's bigger Mm. you are not defined by your past mistakes, your current mistakes. God's bigger than that. And I just, I refuse to live any other way. 
And it is so true. You're not defined. It doesn't define you. And I feel like sometimes we can hear that and, and agree with it, but like internally really believing it. And I would just say it took me time to in, internalize that truth and to actually start believing that what I did in the past, the things I said and did, that it doesn't define me. So let me address a question that Christian people will have. Um, and and I, mean, I love Christian people. I is a Christian person. <laughs> so are you. Um, sometimes I feel like Christian is stereotyped and I'm and embarrassed. Get a bad name. I'm embarrassed to call myself totally. Christian, but but we are followers of Jesus, and there are legit, genuine people out there who aren't perfect but are following Jesus. But some religious people will be like, oh, okay, so um, then why, like when someone, you know, um, there's all these consequences when you sin, like it has consequences, and that's proof that like, you know, it's kind of the mentality like God's mad at us, like God's somehow punishing us because we've made mistakes, and they can't, they can't get past this. So they really just kind of live like, no... Faith without works is dead. It's what you do. You got to do. You got to do. Um, that's proof that you're actually living for God. And I understand why they're thinking that way because religion is so pre- prevalent in society today. But it's just, I don't think the conversation of God's love and the conversation of consequences to sin and failure, I don't think they come in the same conversation. What I mean by that is, first of all, please know God's not mad at you. If you're listening to this, maybe like God's mad at me. He's actually not mad at you. And if I can just go theological on you for a second, Jesus died for your sins. And so when God sees you, he doesn't see your sin. He sees his son who died for you. You're hidden in Christ. That's what the Bible says. And so God's not double punishing you. He's not like a mean kid with a magnifying glass standing over an anthill waiting for you to mess up. God's not mad at you. Right. So then people are like, well, then why when I do, when I do fail, when I do fall, why do bad things happen? Like why when I, you know, do cheat on my my spouse, like it ends in divorce or I get an STD or why why does that happen? And which I think is a valid question. Like clearly God's punishing me. False. Right. God's not punishing you. Every action has an equal reaction. Isn't that like Newton's law? Totally. Is it? Do you know that? Are I you a scientist? Yeah. If there's something like you know what goes up must, must come, come down. down. So every action. That's we're not even talking Bible here. Just every action we do has a reaction like there's a there is a consequence to everything we do and so when we do things it reaps things it has nothing to do with the conversation does god love me is god mad at me for instance we kind of have a rule in our house we don't but let's pretend we do you can't jump off the roof thou shalt not jump off the roof correct right completely and so what if what if judah my son is like I, forget your rules dad i don't live by rules and he goes to the top of our roof he's like i'm gonna jump i'm like don't please please don't <laughs> thou shalt not jump off the roof and the rule is for your own good it's there for your own good totally. and i'm making a bunch of parallels hopefully you're catching it if you're listening and judah's like forget it i don't care about your rules i'm gonna break the rules and he jumps off the roof lands shatters his leg Someone walks over to Judah, and they say, what happened? And he's like, oh, I jumped off the roof, and my dad is punishing me. Ridiculous. Yo, gravity's punishing you, son. (laughs) Not your dad. That has nothing to do. In fact, I love you as much as when you're on the ground with your broken leg, when you broke the rule, as I did before. before. Like, I love you the same. In fact, the fact that your leg is broken has nothing to do with my love for you. I'm going to pick you up. I'm going to take you to the hospital. I love you. But what happened to you was a result of what you did. 
It's a consequence. And people want to be like, oh, consequences is proof that God's mad. He's not punishing you, man. Everything has an equal reaction. Like, you want to find out? Push my wife Jennifer. See what happens. Your nose gets broken. Ooh, it's Newton's law. Every action has an equal reaction. <laughs> Hello. Um, and I feel like Christian people, we get so caught up on that. Like, God's mad at me. God's punishing me. It's because, and it's like, no, man. There, you cannot put those both of those things in the same conversation. You have consequence, things that happen when we make decisions. Even in the midst of our bad decisions, God loves us. So here's the thought. You're making a big deal about your failure and your fall. God isn't. God is actually not in heaven obsessing over your your failure. In fact, he sees his son Jesus paid the price. And what God is saying is like, I love you. I forgive you. I'm here for you. You could turn to me. I could help you through this. The best is yet to come. That is, and it's the gospel. It's the gospel. And even hearing you say this right now, and I've heard it so many times over the last, you know, at least decade, I still am in awe of the fact that God still loves me in spite of all of the, all of the mistakes I've made and the mistakes I'm, I'm going to make. That's how good God's love is. I just love it. I love it so much. It's a game changer. It changes the way I feel. It changes the way I live. It's a change, it changes the way I interact with people when you begin to understand that principle. Um, when I was 18, driving to um, the south from Chicago for football recruiting weekend with my mom, got in a car accident. It was a terrible car terrible accident. Terrible car accident. Um, I had to be, they had to get the jaws of life to cut it's me out of the car. It's a miracle you're alive. It was my fault. I didn't hit anyone. I just, I, wore, I swerved off the road at 85 miles an hour. My mom was thrown from the car. They had to lifeline her. It was like a small two-door escort yeah. side window she was thrown from. I thought she was dead. I'll never forget. I'm in the hospital. They're doing tests on me. And they told me my mom is going in surgery. The doctor saying, don't know if she'll live. They told me, we've called your father. He's driving from Chicago now. And I'll never forget, They, after about three hours of tests, they walked me to one of the hotel, the hospital hotel rooms where I was going to stay overnight as my mom literally fought for her life because of a mistake I made. And I did make the mistake. I, I lost control of the car. I was 18 years old. I think I was throwing trash out the window or something. And I just, I swerved and hit an embankment. And... Um, when I knew that my dad was driving to come meet me. And I remember thinking like, this is the same man who like, that's not your mom. That's my wife. He loved my mom uh, so relentlessly. And I remember I was, I was sitting alone in that hotel room and I felt such darkness and despair. I was like, I, I've killed my mom. And how do I tell my dad? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you say? I'm sorry. I'm sorry I killed your wife. Like, what do you, like, how can you even atone for that failure? And I will never forget, um, I will never forget that night, the weight, the absolute um, desperation of the moment. And I don't know if it was two in the morning, but I heard the door and I heard my dad's key and he opened the door and I could see a silhouette. And I remember thinking like, I hope he hits me. I do. Honestly, kind of put me out of my pain. Um, there's nothing he could have done physically to me or any words he could have said that I would not have felt in the moment are justified. Like, yeah. I deserve it, man. Like, how do you say you're sorry for, for killing someone's wife? And I'll never forget what my dad said. He walked in, he stood over me, and he, um, he said, Billy, I want you to hear what I'm about to say to you. Don't you forget it. He said, this isn't your fault. I love you. And I'm not mad at you, which was just ridiculous to hear because I was mad at me. 
And how it was my fault. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget it. And he made me stand up and he hugged me and he said, I love you. I'm not mad at you. My dad wasn't a perfect dad. Um, but man, I think he, he really caught the heart he of God that in moment, that right. moment. Yeah. And that is the heart of God. And that's what Isn't I feel like God is saying to us. My mom lived, for those who are listening. It did. But it was a it was really a, yeah, rough it was over a year and a half. Recovery. But she's alive and well today, and I'm so grateful for that. But um, that failure could have absolutely forever defined me as a man. Forever. I made a mistake. And my dad refused to let it happen. And that that is what we are trying to say today with God. He loves you and he is not mad at you. And I hope you hear that no matter how bad it's been, no matter how far you have fallen, God is not interested in the legends of the fall and we shouldn't be either. And what's been done to you or what you've done, he's not mad at you. He doesn't hold it over your head. Yeah. You know, it is crazy. The Bible says something like he forgets it. He throws it as far as the east is to the west. Like uh, what we've done or what's been done to us, yeah. he forgets. And we can completely embrace that. Yeah, I love it. I hope um, you're encouraged by that as we've kind of just um, maybe jumped around the page here. But I hope that you realize and I hope that as you're driving or sitting wherever you're at that you're encouraged by that. And I hope that's the thought that you have with you today. Whether you've been in church your whole life and you call yourself a follower of Jesus or whether you're just listening to this because someone told you these guys say a lot of kind of you know indiscreet things and it's funny. Um, either way, I hope that you know God loves you. He's not mad at you. And... Um, our best days are ahead of us. Yeah, and thank you. Thank you for listening. We'd love to have your feedback. Totally. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, here's to great coffee and great conversations. We'll um, tune in next week, hopefully. Yeah. Cheers. Have a great cheers. week.